G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Vision Christian Radio is all about connecting faith to life. From inspiring stories about the struggles we all face, to helping you understand the issues going on in the world, to clear and understandable Bible teaching, all peppered with great Christian music, the latest news, and even a few laughs along the way. You're about to experience just a small part of what we do. For the full experience, tune into a Vision Christian Radio FM or AM station near you. Listen online at visionradio.org.au or download our free app. We're going to be talking about insights into the value of putting the Bible into the hands of ordinary people. We're going to unpack the mass distribution vision of an amazing organization called the Gideons. Now, Gideons are not just in Australia, they're global. Our guest is National President of the Gideons, David Sutherland. And uh, just with the sorts of distribution numbers we're talking about, as many as 2 billion Bibles distributed around the world through the Gideons. In Australia, about 16 million. And we're going to be opening our talkback lines. From now, you can call us on 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation about the value of putting the Bible into the hands of ordinary people. Let's welcome our special guest, David Sutherland. Welcome along to 2020. Thank you very much, Neil. Good to be with you and your listeners this morning. David, just want to honour you because uh, there you are at the helm of the Gideons and uh, you're following in a long tradition of great leaders of the Gideons in Australia to have distributed as many as 16 million Bibles in Australia over the years and 2 billion around the world. Uh, Just a wonderful ministry for you to apply your great uh, organisational skills to and uh, just a quick uh, impression as to uh, your passion for uh, distribution of the Bible before we get underway. Yeah, look, my passion, Neil, in getting the Bible out there is just as as you move around and you get in and hear stories from people and the amazing way that God has touched their lives when when they are at the, their absolute wit's end. So many of them gone to motel rooms to blow their brains out, uh, ready to jump off buildings, and yet God has just touched them with his word and it has just turned their lives around. They've gone back, they've restored relationships with families, all sorts of things. And when you hear those stories, uh, I can't do anything else but be moved to continue to share God's word with people that are often in desperate situations and how God just reaches in and touches them in all of that. And so as I hear more and more of those stories, it just keeps me going and, and really gives me that shot in the arm to keep going during the hard times in making sure that we have the ability to be able to place a copy of God's word into the hands of people all around the world and even here in Australia. And so when I hear those stories, that's what wants, makes me want to keep on going. Well, David, I want to invite our listeners to be part of our conversation today. And uh, there'll be listeners who are tuned in thinking, you know what, I received a copy of the Gideon's Bible uh, when I was younger, perhaps uh, just starting out high school. And uh, I can reflect on my own uh, receiving of a little red Gideon's pocket-sized Bible 
when I was in year eight at school, and uh, it was really the first Bible that I read when I when I made my decision uh, to follow Jesus Christ at about age fourteen. And uh, just wonderful to have that little red Bible. It was my book. It was my Bible. It had been given to me uh, through my school. So I want to invite listeners to be part of our conversation today. 1-800-316-316. You might have your own uh, your own insights, uh, your own story into the Gideon's Bible. Now, David, just uh, let me ask you about uh, just the extent of Bible distribution the Gideon's is involved in. Most of us know that when you go to a motel or a hotel, uh, you're, uh, you're staying there and you open up the little drawer beside the bed and there's often a Gideon's Bible in there. That's one of your big pursuits, isn't it? It is probably our biggest uh, area of distribution. In actual fact, is the one that you spoke about that you've got. Uh, our school testaments are probably our largest distribution of any form of the Bible, but the ones we get memorized for and and noted about the most probably is the hotel ones. But we actually place more Bibles into the hands of young people than than any other Bible that we we hand out. So, uh, but yep, people do remember us from those Bibles when they go to the motel room and and get it. But I've lost count of the number of people that come up to me and said, I've still got that little red testament I got in year seven or year eight. So, it, and it's amazing how many of those Bibles have often sat on shelves for five, six years before they've been read. But God's got a plan for every copy that goes out because He tells us in Isaiah fifty-five eleven that His word will go out and accomplish what He sent it for. It will not return void. And uh, yeah, those those Bibles can sit there for many years at times, and we've heard many, many stories where they haven't even been looked at for six or eight years, and all of a sudden. They hit a time of crisis and they go back and they drag that little Red Testament out and God meets them there at that time in their, in their time of need. So, You know, I'm, I'm just reflecting on that because so important because sometimes you think of a big Bible and uh, you guys do big Bibles too and uh, when you open that motel or that hotel drawer and, uh, and there's a big Bible in there. But sometimes the big Bible looks... Uh, a little overwhelming, a little mm. complicated, and uh, you know, lots of books, lots of words within that one uh, book called the Bible. But that little red pocket-sized testament, uh, it looks easier to read, and uh, really, it's a New Testament in Psalms, typically, but uh, easier to read, and so people are inclined to open it up and and enjoy what they're reading. Indeed, Neil. Indeed. In fact, I just heard just the other day a guy had been in school, got his little testament. He said many of his friends threw theirs away. He said, but he was his dad was actually an atheist, uh, and uh, he took it home and he knew that it was important. So he put it in his words pride of place on his bookshelf in his bedroom, never ever looked at it. And then he got bullied at school, even though he was a big lad. And uh, he would come home and he said, well, I've got you know I've got to do something about this. So he just prayed to this God. If God was out there, he wanted to pray, and he'd seen on on the TV that you kneeled at your end of your bed and you put your hands together. So that's what he did. And then his dad hit a midlife crisis. His dad was a paramedic and started going to accident scenes. And every accident scene, he saw his son's face on the on the uh, faces of those that had been involved in the accident. And he really went through a bad time. And, and this one couple had been praying for his family for seven years. And he said, um, you know, I, I, I need help, but don't you talk to me about the Bible. And they said, okay, we've got a great, great counsellor just down the road. He'll be able to help you. And he, he said, uh, it, it's a pastor. And he said, what? What's he Italian or something? He makes pastor. He said, no, a Christian pastor. And he said, well, if he talks to me about God, I'm going to clock him. And uh, so 
four times he went and saw this pastor, and in the end, after the fourth visit, he said, Rightio, you can talk to me now about Jesus. And uh, he gave his life to the Lord that day, went home, was crying with his wife on the front veranda when this young boy come home from school, and he said, something's happened to my dad. I know what's happened. He's met the God of that book. So he said he went into his room and pulled the Bible off the shelf, he said, and now it had context. And he started reading it, and that night he gave his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he went through how that had then taken him into youth work and into uh, Cambodia. He had seven years in Cambodia as a missionary, and now back in Australia as a pastor. So that little book that sat on his shelf for six years, having no context, when his dad, when he could see in his dad that he changed, all of a sudden that book had context, and he started reading it. And in fact, he used the helps, he said, on the, in the front of our Bibles, we have little helps for people when they're anxious or worried or anything. And he said, I had no idea. I'd, I'd never been in a church before, he said. So I thought, how am I going to study this thing? He said, I started using those helps at the front. And that was his first Bible study that he conducted. So this little book that had no context sat there for six years, all of a sudden had context and came to life for him. It's in fact uh, the case, isn't it, that every one of those Bibles that you guys distribute, it's like a seed planted. And uh, there might not be uh, fruit from that planting for many years. As you say, it took six years in that particular instance. But uh, so often people don't throw away the book. They put it on their bookshelf. It's there and it's accessible. And in that time of need, when they're calling out to God because nothing else is meaningful, uh, they can pick up that Bible and they can begin to be introduced uh, to the God of creation. Uh, we're taking calls, one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. We're talking about the Gideons today and talking about the value of putting the Bible into the hands of ordinary people. one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen to join in our conversation. Let's take a call from Chiquita in Western Australia. Hello, Chiquita. Welcome along. Oh, thank you. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm very well, and great to hear from you, Chiquita. What are you? What are your thoughts about the Bible? And uh, do you have a Gideon story? I do. Well, I mean, I love the Lord's Word. I mean, it's just so healing to me. But and I'm actually home today, not with a tummy bug and not feeling too good. But um, when I was a little girl, about seven, my older brother had given me a Gideon Bible, and needless to say, quite a dysfunctional home. And that little Bible, I, you know, I couldn't even read it back then, and I was just holding on to it, holding on to it. And I had a dog back then, um, Amy. And when Mum was taken away in the ambulance, or you know, something you know awful would happen in the house, I had my Bible, even though I didn't, couldn't read it, I suppose you could say, um, and my dog. And that was my lifeline for many a year until um, I ended up going to Sunday school, and of course, coming to know the Lord. Now I'm 51, and I'm doing God's work in the goldfields um, with the Indigenous children. And needless to say, I still have that beautiful little red Bible. I still have Bibles now here for the children, and I have dogs. So my ministry is to share God with my Bible and my dogs to the children who, I suppose you could say, started a pretty rough life too, and just giving them another avenue to show them, it, even though it may look bleak now, that if you have God's Word and you have that with you, trust in that it will work out for good because that's what God says. He loves us. That's what He wants for us. Chiquita, you stay with us uh, on the line because I'll get a a few thoughts uh, from David Sutherland uh, just on your story. I mean, it's probably a story you hear occasionally too, David. Indeed it is. 
Rose and, and Chiquita, it's great to have you from WA. Uh, I'm actually a West Australian. I'm in visiting South Australia at the moment, going around raising oh. funds for Bibles. <laughs> and uh, we've just, you might be very interested in a new program we've just adopted in the Gideons. And we do have local Gideons in Kalgoorlie. You talk about you're in the gold fields. And there's a new program called Friends of Gideons. And we'd love oh. to have you as a friend of Gideons. And that will actually then get you access to little copies of God's Word for $2 each. And they're just exactly like the Gideon Bible, but we've just taken the Gideon logo off them just in case uh, someone wants to to do some uh, things that we wouldn't be uh, wanting them to do. But they're available yeah. to you as a friend of Gideon's, and you'll be able to use them in your witnessing around the goldfield. So uh, you might like oh. to chase down the local Gideon's there in Kalgoorlie. Absolutely, and uh, and link in with that. That would be awesome. Thank you, David. That sounds amazing. Jaquita, stay with us. There's an interesting thing, and I, I know that some listeners will be thinking of this as well. And uh, when you can't read, uh, and so the contents of the Bible uh, not so meaningful to you, but you recognize that holding on to that Bible, holding on to that testament, and we all know that it's not magical, it's not some sort of special talisman, uh, that right. uh, that somehow or other uh, you know holds uh, uh, the you know the future in there insofar as uh, it's not magical in itself. Just the fact of holding it and knowing that it contains hope uh, yeah. has value. And uh, so I mean, when we talk about the Bible as a holy book, and I'll get David's uh, impression here too. But but Chiquito, you recognised that there was value. I guess someone had shared that with you when you were little. And so when you held on to the Bible, you realized that what it represented was hope, even though you couldn't actually read what was inside it. Yes, yes, that is true. I mean, um, funny enough, my, my family um, did this uh, traditional prayer at the, the table, um, you know, uh, to, you know for, for the meal. And I had known of other kids that went to Sunday school and I had never gone. And when when my brother gave that to me, it was like, I, I can honestly say that I had nothing else. And when I got that, it was just like, if, I don't know how I knew. I, you know, I was only seven or six and um, you know, pretty bad reader back then. Um, I didn't know how, but I just knew to hold it, to always have it in my hand, it made me feel better. And I honestly believe that that is the power of God. He so, so wants what's best for us. He so wants to help us, and he's just standing there at the door, waiting and waiting and caring and looking and loving. And just by having that word, um, even when I got older and I still couldn't read, I remember sticking my hands in the pages and going, this is God's word. I just I just knew that. I knew it was from God. I knew it in my heart. It was right. When I went to Sunday school, I mean, I came to know the Lord as a very little kid. And then again, when I was 16, like properly, I suppose you could say, as understanding, I just knew that every time I read God's Word, there was, like you said, it's not magical, but this real, real connection, this real, real peace, this real feeling of there's someone that I can belong to. My parents may not love me, or they, but in, I suppose they did, but maybe not in the way that was the right way. Um and I was number five in the line, so I was kind of a bit forgotten um, and always not a well child. So for me to have that and have my hope in in this little book and then to to, uh, to, to become of age and then to, to be able to read it and then to, to learn what prayer was, for me, it, 
I can honestly, I don't know if I'd be here today. Mm, Chiquita, I mean, let's get some thoughts from David on some of the things that uh, that you're sharing there. David, further thoughts on uh, on just the hope of having that Bible in hand before you even know the riches of the contents. Yeah, it's, it, it triggered a lot of things for me as you were chatting there, Jaquita. Um you, you said you had nothing else, and I was lucky enough to go to Namibia a few years ago, and we were able to place the Word of God into those young children's hands there. Many of them had no hope. In fact, there was a number of them that were suffering from AIDS. We had no, lo- no idea how much longer they had on this earth but there was a real hunger to get God's Word. And for many of those students, in fact, probably all of them, that little Bible will be the only thing that they ever own in their entire life. And to be able to give them that hope, the hope that you spoke about, to be able to know that they have the Word of God and that that they can just rest in that. In fact, last year I was in Chile and and, uh, a young boy came up to me at the recess time and he wanted me to sign his Bible and... And, I, and as I took it, the Holy Spirit prompted me to, through my interpreter, because my Spanish is very bad, but uh, through my interpreter, I, I took him to the back page of our Bible, and in the back page of every one of our little testaments is God's plan of salvation. And I had him read that aloud, and I said to him, I said, McGill, is that true for you? And he said, yes. And by the time he had finished, I said, well, then read that little prayer over there. And he read the prayer, and he signed the book. By the time he finished signing the book, he was crying. So I took the book from him and signed in the front, God bless you, McGill, and, and, and I put 1 John 5, 11 and 12, and this is the record, and, I, and, and it goes on from there, that, that, that this is God's word. And by the time I handed it back to him, he was absolutely sobbing. So I'd be in trouble in Australia, but I had to give him a hug. And then his mates grabbed him, and there was 15 of them in him, walking up and down the veranda, hugging one another, all crying. So the reality that Jesus had touched that little boy's life, just like you were saying, Chiquita, that you knew that you could, in that word, there was hope, there was everything that you needed as you touched the word. And this young boy, McGill, he had his life touched in exactly the same way there in Santiago in Chile last year. So these things are happening even today all around the world as we place God's word because, as you say, it's nothing mystical, but there is something about it. In fact, we often say that when the Bible is distributed, it is the only book where the author goes with it. So when people open it, the author turns up. And and so thank you so much, Chiquita, for just sparking my memories back in, in those couple of instances, and there's obviously many more, but thank you. Thank you to Chiquita from WA and our talkback line remains open 1-800-316-316 your own reflection on the value of the Bible and uh, we've, we've not even got to the contents yet and, uh, and people are moved mightily by the presence or the ownership of a Bible because it represents hope. Well, let's, uh, let's continue our conversation and there'll be others who might like to contribute on the value of getting the Bible into the hands of ordinary people. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Well, just a great opportunity to be able to talk about the value of the Bible. And, uh, you know, we talk about a lot of Christian things on 2020. Your opportunity today to share perhaps your heartbeat and uh, maybe even something a little deeper when it comes to what the contents 
of the Bible might mean to you and what the contents of the Bible might mean, putting those into the hands of ordinary people because we're talking with the Gideons today and the Gideons don't do things in half measures. These guys are so passionate around the world. Two billion Bibles distributed around the world, 16 million in Australia. Our special guest this hour is David Sutherland, the National President of the Gideons. Uh, David, before we take some calls, uh, there's more coming through. Let's talk about this blitz that you've got coming up in Melbourne very shortly, because you had a blitz in Melbourne last year and a huge distribution of Bibles. Uh, And I said we don't do things in half measures when we're talking Gideons. Uh, What's coming up with the blitz you've got planned just ahead? Yeah, we've uh, just kicked it off uh, with a an involvement with the White Knight uh, Festival, which is, I understand, 15 cities around the world have taken the White Knight Festival, and Melbourne had it this year just last weekend. And so we decided to get involved with that just a little bit before our blitz as a sort of a warm-up, if you like, and, and the, the, the guys were just inundated. And guys, I, I use the term guys, girls, guys, collective, uh, our team were there uh, at the cathedral. There was 500,000 people in, in the city centre of Melbourne. Many, many people went through the cathedral that night. Uh, it was from 5 o'clock in the afternoon right through until dawn the next day. And our teams were there uh, sharing the Word of God. There was uh, over 11,000 copies went out and several people gave their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. And they reckon it was just like a mosh pit. There was just people absolutely everywhere. They couldn't open the boxes quick enough to get the Word of God out into the hands of the people. And this coming week, we are flooding Melbourne again, wanting to place another forty to 50,000 copies of God's Word into the city of Melbourne in the coming week. And so we've got teams coming from all over Australia to help our, help our guys down there in, in Melbourne to make sure that we get copies of God's Word into the hands of many people as we possibly can in that one week. So we're excited about what God's going to do, and we've got some really exciting stories even from last year's uh, time when we were in Melbourne. So, yeah, we're really looking forward to what God is going to do as we place his word into the hands of people there in Melbourne in the next week. Well, we might get a chance to hear some of those stories, but uh, let me just reflect for a moment and get your uh, thoughts on the idea of 50,000 copies of the Bible that you're expecting to distribute just over this next week. Uh, When we talk the numbers, 50,000, and as you say, people are actually eager, enthusiastic for God's Word, uh, and you've got people coming in from Gideon's uh, chapters all over the country uh, to Melbourne to do this blitz. How many personnel do you sort of attract when you're when you're doing these sorts of things well last year neil we had 250 from all over australia this year we're we're actually got a plan to do each of the capital cities so this is this is sort of just a backup one so we've we've got about 60 or 70 coming into melbourne this time not quite as many as last year but then we did a big lot of the work last year so this is just to continue to get into the to the universities and the schools and stuff that we weren't able to and well there's always new students coming so that's where our main focus will be now on the universities and the schools there in victoria but uh, we'll still be out in the streets doing personal witnessing one-on-one just sharing god there in melbourne in that whole week so we're, we're just praying that God will just be a great movement of his Holy Spirit there in Melbourne in this next week. We're taking calls, one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's hear from Anne on the Gold Coast in Queensland. Hello, Anne. Welcome along. Yeah, thank you. I love listening to your program. Um, I'm from Labrador, and I've, um, be, I've had the Bible right from the start when we were in school, and also when, when I was um, nursing, we got one as well. Uh, they've gone now because I apparently... Um, 
couldn't keep, you know, all the Bibles that I had sort of thing. Anyway, but I just want to encourage the Gideons. I just want to thank them, you know, for the way they, they distribute the Bibles free for people and stuff. Also, we've had them several times in our church and, and we've had them talking about things that happened to, you know, in our church through the Gideons, yes, as well. Absolutely fabulous. And uh, your thoughts, uh, David? Yeah, thanks, Anne. It, it is great to be able to get into the churches because we're very much in partnership with the local churches. In mm. fact, we have to be a member of a local church to be able to join the Gideons. Yeah. And so it's great to be able to go back into the churches and share the stories because we need the prayer support mm. from the churches to do what we do. Yeah. And in fact, you'll be uh, really excited to hear, I trust, Anne, that we will actually be coming to the Gold Coast mm. just before the Olympic Games to make sure that as many hotel rooms as possible on the Gold Coast will have a copy of God's oh, Word so that when we get the millions of visitors, they tell us there's millions of visitors coming to the Gold Coast yes. for the Commonwealth Games in 2018, we're wanting to send more teams into the Gold Coast to be able to place copies of God's Word into those motel rooms so that people, as they visit, have an opportunity yes. to come to a realisation of the reality of a living Jesus there in those copies of God's Word. And Anne, you will be impressed to know, uh, it was just last week we were talking to the chairman of what's called Beyond Gold, all about the Christian initiatives that are being planned for the Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast for 2018. And uh, and we were talking about some of the big ministry organisations that they are being coordinated for that. And, of course, as we've just heard, Gideon's obviously one of those. Anne from the Gold Coast, thank you so much for your input today here on 2020. 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call quickly from Rosemary in Melbourne. Hello, Rosemary. Good morning, Neil. Great to hear from you, Rosemary. What are your thoughts on uh, the value of placing God's Word, the Bible, into people's hands? Well, I have my Gideon's Bible 1967 edition with me as I'm speaking to you now. Wow. <laughs> 1967 edition. That's amazing. Um, God has always spoken to me still to this day until I was about 40, best through Christian songs and pictures in my Bible. Yep. When I would read words, but <laughs> I've had to keep spending many years before I got a major breakthrough. Now, I'm looking here at a page in my 1967 edition of Gideon's Bible. Can't remember who gave it to me. This page is far, far, far ahead in 1967 edition than any other Bible I had at that time. Now, here I have where to find help when. Then there's the word afraid with probably about 10 different Bible places in the Bible where you can read about if you're afraid. Then you get the word anxious. There's another 10 places in the Bible. Okay. Read all of those if you want. With Now, other Bibles I had back in 1967, there was no page like that. No. Well, Rosemary, (laughs) running short of time in the lead up to the news, a very quick comment from David because those little helps, uh, as you say, they're in the front of the Gideon's Bible, do help you when you're going through all sorts of challenges. A quick response, David. Yeah, Neil, we have so many other stories just like Rosemary's where they have been absolutely touched by such desperate time in their life and they've been able to go there, go to those pages, God's connected with them and they have been brought out of deep depression, you know, taken away their anxious and thoughts or 
the, their fears that they may have had just by being able to go and read that particular verse in the Bible. So, yeah, we've got story after story, just like Rosemary's, where people have really found great help from those little helps in the front of our Bibles. Thank you so much to Rosemary from Victoria for your input today here on 2020. Our talkback line is open. We're continuing through the next half hour after Vision National News, 1-800-316-316, the value of putting the Bible into the hands of ordinary people. We're back with more in just a short while following Vision National News. Our guest is David Sutherland, National President of the Gideon. Uh, People are looking online for Bible content. Well, that's not escaped you guys. You've got a a fabulous Gideon's Bible app to talk about. Yeah, we certainly have, Neil. I think, you know, you talk about the paper copies. They sit on shelves for six years. I think we'll always do that, but we have come into the digital age. We've just launched in last year our new Gideon Bible app. It's still got all the helps in it. And when you tap on the help, it brings up the, still brings up those 10 list of different things that, that Rosemary spoke about. But now you can tap on that and it put, brings up the whole chapter so you can put that one verse into context. We have 1,100 different languages on there, 900 different versions. And the really exciting thing that I think sets our app apart from many of the others is that it's all audio. And so with 75%, they tell us, of the world's population illiterate, we now be will be able to distribute the Word of God, place it into their hands on their mobile device in the language that they speak in. In fact, I was in a church in Adelaide just this last weekend. A couple got up, an Australian and a Malawian, and the, the husband and wife, and they actually closed the service. She prayed, uh, read the benediction in Malawi, and he then prayed in Malawi. And I jumped up out of my seat and went up to him. I said, you're from Malawi, and all you do is you... T- t- uh, tap on our little Malawi flag and it brought up 13 different languages. I said, which one of these were you praying in? And she said, Chikawa. So I hit the Chikawa and there it was, the verses that she read being spoken in that local language on my mobile phone. And that is the power that we now have as Gideons to be able to, to spread that all around the world. And so we are so excited about coming into the digital age, being able to link up with people, still have all the, the, the things that we have in our little testaments, but people can actually hear the Word of God in their own language. And that really excites me because the potential for that is just amazing. We are taking calls 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Bruce at Wilson Beach. Hello, Bruce. Welcome along to 2020. Yeah, good morning, Neil, David. Uh, a few reflections there. I still have a Gideon Bible uh, that's been endorsed on the rear by Pro Harp with a lovely uh, a dragonfly with Proverbs 6 6 on it, which effectively you, you'll remember go to the ant, he has no leader, etc., etc., uh, which means you can pick up a, a Gideon's Bible and you don't need a leader, you don't need anything else, it's all there. And I guess if you if you are a person who's fortunate enough to have a, a pro heart painting on your Gideon's Bible, and he was renowned for that, uh, your Gideon's Bible actually is isn't just uh, it hasn't got the eternal worth only, but it's also uh, worth a few dollars if you're going to auction it. Uh, David, this is something special about Gideon's Bibles. So pro heart was a real uh, Gideon's Bible fan, wasn't he? was indeed and, and I've heard of the, the fact that he's put uh, paintings on the front of some of our little testaments so Bruce you definitely as Neil suggests got something absolutely of even more 
value than if there can be anything of more value than the word of god but uh, to have pro hard on there that that's really special i'd certainly love to have one of those myself but i don't but uh, it, you know the word of god is what's inside but you, you've got the added benefit of having something from pro harder a great australian and uh, yeah it's it's fantastic to hear that they're still out there they're still being read so uh, yeah thanks for the encouragement of that bruce really appreciate it bruce uh, before i let you go yeah, any yeah. idea any idea what your little bible is worth with the pro heart uh, painting on it uh, no idea what it's worth. Not interested. Not for sale. Um, it doesn't add to or take away from the word. It's just a wonderful keepsake of a very dear friend, very dear brother from my days in Broken Hill. Uh, my wife and I uh, were involved in the tourist coach business and probably not the usual place for Gideon's Bibles, but they're always uh, because we gave us away from the vehicles. Well, I think we're losing you there, Bruce, but uh, thanks so much for your input today here on 2020 and just reflecting back some years now, and I think around the time that uh, Prohart died, uh, I recall uh, seeing an article or I recall uh, looking at something on the internet and seeing that those Bibles were selling for somewhere in the vicinity of about $700 uh, each. And uh, and that may, be, that may be completely outdated now. Maybe they're less, maybe they're more. I suspect they'll be worth more and more. Uh, one of Australia's most famous artists who was a real fan of those Gideon's Bibles. Thank you so much to Bruce from Wilson Beach. 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to be part of our conversation. We had an anonymous caller call through, David. Uh, who said, and this may or may not be your area of expertise, but he said, uh, asked the question, which Bible is the closest to the original? Uh, so, uh, so that may not be your expertise, but uh, do you have any thoughts on uh, on? Uh, look, I'll I'll, uh, I'll have my two bob to say too. But what what would you like to say about that? Well, I'd just say this, I guess, Neil. Look, there's very many many different versions out there. There are many different thoughts on. Uh, and when I was a young fellow, I thought that the only Bible was the King James, and that was it. And but as I go around and I hear more and more stories of the way that God touches people's lives. I mean, we have stories where just one page out of our, our Gideon Testament has been picked up by someone that's blown at their feet. They've picked it up, and somehow the Holy Spirit has touched them, even down to a quarter of a page. So for me, at least, the, the version almost becomes irrelevant. We've just modernized our version. We now place the English Standard Version, which has allowed us to get back into a bunch of places because many of the schools wanted us to be the more modern version. But I know that God can speak through whatever version. And so I don't get too wound around the axle about what version, because all I know is that when we place the word of God into the hands of men and women, boys and girls, the Holy Spirit touches them. And I don't know how he does it, but he seems to do it. And they are changed forever. And that is across a number of versions. So I don't have a personal special version now, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I really take heart in the fact that God's Holy Spirit works through whatever means he will and the version almost becomes irrelevant. Well if I was shedding a little light for that anonymous uh, caller who asked that question which Bible is the closest to the original uh, if you're talking original you would have to be looking at the languages Hebrew, Greek and Aramaic 
Now, those are three original Bible languages. And so if you wanted original, you'd have to learn those languages. So if you read an English Bible, you're reading a translation. Uh, Now, a lot of people have questions about which translation is the best. And I suspect that was along the lines of what that question uh, was all about. Well, there are so many different translations and there's criticism that there are so many because people say, well, I don't know which one is the one to look at. Uh, but as I understand it, you know, language changes all the time. So more translations are necessary. And so where you've got translations, some of them are quite literal in their translation. Uh, others are what you'd call a dynamic equivalent. Uh, and both are, both are fine, but the dynamic equivalent versions of the Bible are ones that we can understand because the translator who's come from the Hebrew and from the Greek and from the Aramaic Uh, is able to put those words into the vernacular of what we actually use today. So so virtually all of those translations of the Bible are going to be fine. Is there a preference that uh, that Gideon's uses, David, Uh, most Gideon's Bibles in a particular translation? As I said, uh, we in Australia have adopted our international policy, and we just a year and a half ago now, we changed from the New King James to the English Standard Version. And so that is, that's the version that we are now distributing across our nation and virtually pretty much across the world. There are still some countries that uh, have the New King James, but predominantly in our 200 countries that we distribute the Bible around the world, it is the ESV. And, and we're, we're having great uh, success here in Australia. In fact, we've been able to get into some of the places that had previously been closed to us, but when they found out that we were now placing the ESV, they said, please come in and... and place your Bibles in our in our establishments and into the schools and a whole heap of different places. So we're very pleased that we've been able to go to the ESV because it's really has helped us here in Australia at least. Fabulous. one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. If you'd like to join into our conversation, uh, we're talking about the value of putting the Bible into the hands of ordinary people. Let's hear from another caller from WA, Jack in WA. Hello, Jack. Welcome along to 2020. Hi. Jack, what are your thoughts? I thought the uh, the Bible is a great idea because um, when I get trouble, I go and read the Word, and it makes me gives me peace. Fabulous! Uh, that's something that so many people will relate to because this peace of God that passes our understanding uh, is very important, and people and relating back to our earlier callers who talked about the hope that comes when you're in uh, sometimes tragic circumstances. Uh, Jack, really great insight. Let's uh, get some insights from David Sutherland. Uh, David, your thoughts on what Jack's sharing? Yeah, we hear story after story how people are in desperate need of something. They don't know what, but they, they just go to the Bible in desperation and as Jack has said, you know, when he, when he needs some help and needs peace, he goes to the Bible. And this, this is repeated many, many, many times where, as I said at the beginning of the program, many people go into motel rooms to blow their brains out. They are confronted with a copy of God's Word and somehow through just reading that Word, that's the bit that really blows me away. You know, we talk about and, and train people up to be great expositors and, and evangelists and everything else, but the Holy Spirit cuts through all of that someone picks up a copy of God's Word, not only do they get peace, they get restored in their relationships, they get restored in, in where they're at in that particular point in their lives. They turn themselves over to Jesus and their life is never the same again. And so that peace comes, that, that, 
that saving from depression or whatever it is that they're feeling, somehow God, through his Holy Spirit, speaks to them without any other influence other than his word there in that motel room or in the street, wherever they pick that copy of God's word up from. And yeah, so thanks, Jack, for sharing that. It's great when we hear how the Bible really does provide peace and comfort for people in their time of need. Jack from WA, thanks for your call. Our talkback line is open, 1-800-316-316. You can be part of our conversation. Our special guest is David Sutherland. He's National President of the Gideons in Australia. Let's take a call from Ruth in Queensland. Hello, Ruth. Welcome along. Yeah, so I was just saying um, to thank the Lord that that ministry is still going and praise be to God. And I just think it's so wonderful that you said that, you know, not to worry about the translations because so many people can get caught up with the pronunciation, with the, you know, the names that the Yeshua or Jesus or Jesus Christos or and and uh, it's just so great that it's, you're sharing that and that, um, you know, like when we think about it in reality, I mean, what did they have in the Old Testament? They had the, the Ark of the Covenant, I think. Um, and when was the actual word translated? It was translated... Um, I don't think people realise how much to get that King James, but, you know, I think, I think it's fantastic that it's... Because some people can't understand the King James um, because they just aren't illiterate enough or, they've, you know, there's administrative jails and people that are incarcerated and all kinds of... And it's great that there is so many different translations I believe if people can you know it's wonderful. So. Ruth, I think you're right. And uh, the fact that there are so many translations, uh, those that are popular, uh, you ought to uh, perhaps grab one that is well known or one that's recommended by someone that you trust. I mean, I suspect that there are some issues sometimes where you've got a group that might be a renowned cult that has its own translation of the Bible, then you might be a little bit concerned. But uh, when you go to a Christian bookstore, the sorts of translations you'll get there are absolutely outstanding. And as you say, Ruth, what did they do in the Old Testament? Did they just have uh, the Ten Commandments on the tablets of stone? Well, of course, they had the writings uh, of the prophets and, uh, of course, uh, writings of Moses. They had the Torah. And then, of course, the development into the New Testament, eventually recognizing those books that were authoritative in the canon in about the 4th century. And so when we talk about the King James Bible, well, it's a translation that came about about 500 years ago. And so uh, and so these modern translations are in our current language, in our current mm-hmm. vernacular. People talk about uh, the language of the people. And uh, But Ruth, great points that you've been making there. Thank you so much for your call and your participation on 2020 today. Uh, your thoughts, uh, David Sutherland, uh, any further on that, uh, on those issues of those translations and uh, and uh, the ones that people ought to be reading? Uh, well, look, I just, I, as I said, we, we are happy for people to just be reading the Word of God because it, it's, it's the Holy Spirit that does the work. I often say, you know, God doesn't need Gideons. He just calls us and gives us the privilege of being able to place a copy of His Word. It, it's all His work. So whatever version people are able to get hold of and read, as long as they read the Bible, that is the main thing, to get into the Word and let the Holy Spirit touch them. And I thank you, Ruth, for uh, your your prayers for us. For We have been going since 1898, and uh, with God's help, we hope we're going for many years 
to come in being able to get out copies of God's Word into the highways and byways of life so that people have the opportunity at least to read a copy of God's Word, whatever, whatever version that may be. But they just need to be able to have a copy that they can read so that the Holy Spirit can do his work. You know, it's important not to be too concerned about translations, uh, but to use one that you are comfortable with, because uh, this, in fact, has been one of the biggest strengths of Christianity and expansion around the world over the last 2,000 years, is that when the Bible is put into the language of the people, people read it. Uh, When people read the Bible, then not only are they getting these comfort things that we've been talking about today and knowing the hope that comes when they're going through trial and tribulation, but they're also experiencing what it is, the value which brings freedom to a society. And, uh, and this is a book which has brought down totalitarian dictatorships. Uh, this is a book that is so feared in some nations around the world today where you can actually be executed for having a copy of the Bible. So uh, the Bible in the language of the people is so important. And when you talk, uh, David, about uh, 1,100 different languages, well, all of those different languages, they had to come from somewhere. They came from those uh, original languages. We talked about Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic and, and the Bible. Bible being able to be translated in all of those languages. And of course, every one of those languages is like a different version. So uh, it's enabled the Bible to be be distributed around the world and cross over all those cultures. Uh, So it's the contents of what's in there, that hope. It's the story of uh, Jesus Christ and the thread that goes right from Genesis through Revelation, that Jesus Christ is a part of that Bible. And this is this is a part of it. I know we've been talking in, in more a devotional level and the peace of God and the hope. But, uh, of course, the Bible, uh, David, contains lots of deep things, too, uh, which uh, which have shaped the freedom of our society. Absolutely. In fact, when I'm in schools, we, we, we give a little presentation. We're not allowed to proselytize. But I just do. I always say every class I stand in front of that I believe that this little book contains the answer to any question that you can have in life. And if we just followed the principles that are in the Bible, we can just about answer any situation that we find ourselves anytime, anywhere. And so that's something I really try and instill into the young students when I give them a copy of God's Word, that it's not just a book to read and and to have head knowledge, but it actually can impact their lives and answer the questions that they have as they go through life. And I I believe that firmly. And, And, you know, I just thank God that he brought me into a, into a saving knowledge of himself that I have had his word to be able to base the principles of my life on and take me through life. And, and that doesn't mean life is always easy, but I know that when, it, when the tough times come, that when I put myself and get into his word, he somehow reveals to me the answer and the way that I should proceed. And I just, you know, I find that such a great comfort and I just want to share that with everyone else. David Sutherland is our guest. There's lots of calls coming through. We may not have time to take everyone, but we'll come back and continue our conversation just ahead of Focus on the Family in just a short while. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Talking with the National President of the Gideons and just a few minutes to go before we go to focus on the family. Uh, just a quick reflection from you, David. Uh, the Blitz is coming up again in Melbourne. Last year was such an inspiration. Well, we had one of our Gideons in a church presentation sharing what God was doing. He was walking through a laneway of, of Melbourne to another church to give another presentation and he met Peter. 
Peter had been living in the streets for some time, didn't think God could love him. He, he was just no hope. He was down and out. There was no possibility that God could love him. Our Gideon friend shared with Jesus with him from the back page. He gave his life to the Lord. And he went into, onto the next church and they said they'd been praying for Peter's salvation for two years. The end of the week, another Gideon offered him a testament. He says, no, I'm already a Christian. You don't have to worry about this, but I'd love to swap it out because this one's got a bit ratty already. That guy went back to Brisbane, was sharing the story at one of our state conventions up there. One of the crowd jumped up and said, we know Peter. He is in our family. We have been praying for his salvation for 20 years. We just have no idea what God is doing as we just are obedient in placing his word he has been weaving that story of Peter's for 20 years and we were able to sow into that and, and the Holy Spirit touched Peter in a way that prayers that have been prayed for 20 years were answered. We have no idea what, we're, what part we're playing. We just need to be faithful in pl placing God's word into the hands of men and women, boys and girls around the world, even in cities just like Melbourne. Wow, that's a wonderful story and the Blitz coming up and there'll be more stories with the next Blitz in Amen. Melbourne. Amen. Look, uh, look, we'll have time perhaps for one more call. Mark is in New South Wales. Hello, Mark. Welcome along. G'day. Mark, very quick, uh, just a comment yeah, if you've look, got one. very, very, very quick. Um, it just jolted me about uh, the Gideon Bible. I thought my first Bible was got when I was 18, but it wasn't actually. It was the little red one, circa, I think, primary school um and i've still got them i've got two i don't know where the other one is but the my my one that i called the gideon my my little red one it's all tattered i uh, can't read it anymore because uh, i've got a whole range of different um versions of the bible but that was my first bible <laughs> and i think god yep. god actually works on you when you really don't know yeah. working on that. Mark, so, a wonderful so, story and uh, perhaps you don't trade it in, you keep that one and uh, set it aside as part of your memories, part of your heritage and, uh, and as you say you've got other newer ones there too and that's the story of people uh, who've been calling in. We won't be able to take any more calls but thank you to all who have called in today and been part of our conversation. There is true value in putting the Bible in the hands of of ordinary people and David Sutherland just want to honour you because you're at the helm of a wonderful organisation. I want to give the website but I also want to, your perhaps last words of encouragement about how people can actually join the Gideons today. Uh, I'll give the website in a moment. Well, it's gideons.org.au but how do, how do people join the Gideons? Go to the website and you can find out whether you want to become a full member of the Gideons or even if you just want to be a friend of Gideons. We're a lay movement. Pastors can't be members but they can be a friend of Gideon so my Baptist pastor son now can become a friend of Gideon's and all the details are there on our website and I just really encourage you to get along there there's uh, prayer support financial support and you can actually take our little testaments and start witnessing to your friends as well if you become a friend of Gideon so let me encourage you to become a friend of Gideon's pray for us and get out there and make sure that the word of God is going out all around our nation all around the world so thank you listeners so much today Neil, for sharing with us and just I trust and pray that they will really be able to get out and share their faith with a great degree of certainty and confidence of being able to do that. Here's that website, gideons.org.au. It's gideons.org.au. David Sutherland, thanks for joining us today. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. 
Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.